Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Anthrop moving into the backfield, and here comes a reverse and then a throw. And it's Anthrop who originally got the handoff that gets the catch. And he's loose inside the 25, reversing field, inside the 15, gets a block, inside the 10, to the end zone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Behind the Rails podcast. I am your host, Travis Miller of HammerAndRails.com, and with me, as always, is legendary Purdue running back Corey Sheets, and we're here to talk about one of the biggest wins in Purdue history of late, a gigantic 40-29 to win over the Michigan State Spartans. Purdue knocks off its second top five team of the season, It's 17th overall as an unranked team in Purdue history, the most of any FBS team. And the Boilermakers are bowl eligible again for the first time since 2018. Wow, that's a lot of good on one weekend, isn't it, Corey? I love it. I love it all. (laughs) It's amazing to see. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, My wife, son, and I, we were at the game on Saturday, and that's what made it a little bit nicer. The Iowa game, you had to watch on TV. You had to sweat it out. But Saturday, early evening, you're in the stands. You got a couple drinks. Ah, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I never really was the uh, tailgating guy, but I've heard stories. Well, you were busy. You had to you had to go score the touchdowns and let us all cheer you on. Right, I was putting on a show. I couldn't enjoy <laughs> the show. <laughs> but yeah, you could not have asked for a better afternoon and early evening in West Lafayette. Perfect weather, uh, like you said, kind of in our pre-show. Not too hot. Not too cold, get that little chill, get warmed up. But man, uh, right from the beginning, uh, I, I think one of the biggest signs that it was going to be Purdue's day was that first drive. You have Kenneth Walker the third, uh, as you called him, a stallion. He fumbles on the first drive. Not only his first fumble of the season, first lost fumble of his career. Damn, and that that's a good way to start. <laughs> I ain't know a lot, but when I seen it, I was surprised because it was. I watched it. Cause I missed the initial like initial play, but I caught uh-huh. the replay, and I watched it in slow mo. Like, well, yep, that's he lost that. <laughs> and you know, ain't no need to keep looking at that one. Let's make this one quick. <laughs> and I think what stood out about that is it might have been a little bit questionable, but the best angle that would have showed if he was down, there was a nice referee just blocking the camera, so you couldn't couldn't take that away from us. <laughs> you can. You can always tell if a running back fumbles the ball by his reaction. Gotcha. If he gets up and he's going crazy, like, no, I didn't. Nine times out of ten, no, he didn't fumble the ball. But if he gets up and he does what (laughs) Kenneth Walker does, (laughs) and start going like this, (laughs) Mm -hmm. then, yeah, that's a fumble every day of the week. (laughs) And see, that ended up being a huge play because Purdue not only goes down and scores the first touchdown after it, they were already in Purdue territory. He fumbled it at the Purdue 38-yard line. So he had gotten loose for, yeah, he had a 28-yard run to get, help get him there and everything. And it looks like they're going to get the good start. Suddenly we turn around and we get the good start. 
Can't ask for better than that. You know, it's crazy. Whenever I see running backs just jump out in their first, first and second runs or big runs or real good runs, I always kind of get worried. And, and it's because I know whenever that happened to me, I always got a little loose with the ball. And got a little loose with the way I carried myself. <laughs> and sure enough, I usually made a mistake shortly after. <laughs> Just because I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be an easy day. But you don't think about the, the next three quarters ahead of you. And that's that's where I got to give Michigan State credit is Purdue dominated this game. They were really in control throughout, never trailed. But early on, Michigan State had an answer every time. I know – we're up 21-7 just before half. They go down. They convert that fourth and two for a touchdown right before halftime. And then coming out of halftime, it's their turn to force a fumble, recover it, and go down and score and tie the game. <laughs> this is one of those games, if I'm a coach, I say I'm on Michigan State side. This is one of those dangerous games where you can fall victim to a trap, which they did. And this is one of those games where if you're on Purdue side, you can say, hey, we can go out here and do what we do against ranked teams and knock their block off because, of course, they're going to come in here thinking, hey, it's just Purdue. They're, no, they're nobody important. They're not a big team. But usually when you have a, a extra number on the side of your name, <laughs> you don't want to come to Purdue's house. You don't even want Purdue coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> we do we do it on the road. We do it at home. I was about to say, I'm waiting to see if, if we can get an actual good ranking, a top ten ranking, and keep it and just start knocking people off. <laughs> well, it, it would be nice. Uh, did not make the AP poll this week, sitting just outside twenty six. The college football playoff rankings come out tomorrow. Might be able to sneak us in there. Wouldn't surprise me if they did or not. But I think one of the things that stands out is I don't really believe michigan state played that poorly purdue was just better agreed and like a hundred percent there wasn't like i'm watching the game and it's like all right kenneth walker's getting some good runs they're converting all right we're getting some stops but we're also doing our thing on offense we having outstanding trick plays and we're also putting <laughs> together drives like we got defensive plays, we got defensive picks, we got defensive whatever. Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff, so we will be right back after this ad. Basketball season is just around the corner here, and your Boilermakers are rated in the top 10 headed into the new season. It's going to be a great year in Mackey Arena, and if you would like to put a little bit of money down to see if Purdue can make it to New Orleans... Head on over to Bet Online. That's right, our Believe podcast is brought to you by Bet Online, and we remain the number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50. That's BLEAV50 to receive your bonus. So like I said, if you think Purdue's going to make it to New Orleans, want to put your money where your mouth is, head on over to Bet Online, the best in sports betting. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Walker and 136 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's I mean that's a solid day for him, 6.2 yards per carry. But 
I think other than that touchdown he had right before halftime, Purdue never really met, let him become a difference. And then with a double digit lead late, they can't rely on the running game. They got to throw the ball to come back. And that seems to be right where Purdue wants teams right now. Cause Purdue has just closed teams out in the fourth quarter when they've had a lead. I mean, especially if you're playing a team that they don't even know their wide receivers names. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what I, they don't throw the ball at all. I can't even remember one pass in play. Like, I know they threw the ball, but I just can't remember no pass in play that just was just like, all right, they was throwing the ball, throwing the ball, and this was a great play right here. They had a, their first touchdown was a pretty good one, but that was more of a broken play where uh, their quarterback kind of got out of, got out of some trouble, got out of some pressure and, Guy manages to get open downfield, and he just kind of catches it as he's falling into the end zone. But yeah, see, that's, that's not a whole lot. That's not even a real rememberable play because it was just like, oh, it was a broken play. Like our trick play looked more like a broken play than an actual play, and it was successful as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that to me, that trick play stands out because obviously it's not a play you see every day, but. If you watch the replay, and I've watched it a couple times now, I got to give credit to David Bell for throwing a big block downfield. Oh, upfield, right? He wouldn't have got yeah. in if he ain't throw that block. Yeah, and I got to give credit to Milton Wright. Milton Wright's a receiver that flips it back to O'Connell, and he's back around the 45-yard line. If you watch, he takes off and sprints 45 yards down the field and throws another block that got Anthrop into the end zone. So – that's your two guys getting out front for you, and the entire offensive line just clowning the road for him too. Oh, it was it was beautiful to watch. Oh uh, yeah, like I remember because I seen the highlight before I rewatched the game, mm-hmm. and when I watched the game fully, and I seen it come up, and I was like, "Oh, this is the play, this is the play, let's go!" And I'm sitting there <laughs> on the edge of my seat because I already know he's about to score, and this is like, "Oh my god, this is exciting!" Because I know it's about to happen. And he's dodging this guy. He's cutting across the field. He got every single lineman out in front of him, which is a running back's dream. This <laughs> <laughs> is like you only got DBs to block. Oh, you know you're going to the house. You going if not? You going to figure out how to get there. Uh, there's two things that I, that I wanted to talk about on that play. The first is I love the crowd on it because you see the you hear the crowd and they're like, "Oh, this is going to be a trick play," and then it's. Oh, he busted to for a first down. And then there's like another level of, oh, he might take this. And then the, the highest level of, oh, he actually got it all the way in the end zone. Oh, man. I got to say, you're going to make me go back and have to watch that all over again just so I can pay attention to that one particular thing. That's, yeah. And I already know what you're talking about just because I've experienced it before. And it's, uh-huh. oh, it's, a, it's an amazing feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the second thing, it's, it's that I'm shit fuck sure. go. yeah there you go there you go but the second thing about the play and i don't know if we got away with something on this or not the where i was sitting because i had my parents seats up in shiva up in the shiva club so i'm right on about the 45 yard line like it's directly in front of me i thought they were going to call it back because to me it looked like o'connell flipped it right before uh anthrop got it on the first handoff and if it was a flip it's if, in the backfield. If, if it, well, here's <laughs> the thing. It's in the backfield, yes. But if he flips it forward, even if it's two inches forward, that's a forward pass. You, you got, right. But, but I, I, 
I thought they were going to call it back because I swore it's like the oh he flipped that first one they're going to see that and they never did so I'm like get the field goal unit out there get that extra point it through so we don't review this. I mean, but it's a scoring play, so I, if I'm not mistaken, don't they review every scoring play? Is I think not like so. the NFL. I think so. Well, I'm glad the guy didn't see it. If it was there, <laughs> <laughs> you might have made me go back and look that. <laughs> Well, when I've seen the replay, you can't see it, but my angle's a little bit lower, and mm-hmm. I, mm, it looked like there was just a little bit of gap there when he when he took the first hand off. But hey, it counts. Went on the board. That's all that matters. Right, right. <laughs> so mm. we haven't even discussed Aiden O'Connell and David Bell. That hey, that's oh, my that, that was just about to say. What about my man O'Connell? He just he like a top five pick in my opinion. <laughs> 40 of 54, 536 yards passing. I believe it was the third best passing day by a Purdue quarterback uh, in terms of yardage. David Bell, 217 yards, 11 receptions, one touchdown. And honestly, it could have been worse. Um, I think it was his last reception. It was uh, when Purdue set up its third field goal. He breaks, he breaks a tackle. And if he just turns his head, he can go right for the pylon and score easily. But for some reason, he was looking back across the field at about the eight-yard line. He saw a defender and tried to cut back, but he he missed a free touchdown there. And I felt bad for him because especially we had to settle for a field goal. But if that's the worst thing you could say about a guy with 217 yards on the day, fine, whatever. <laughs> you know it's crazy? If, if that's – say he really could have scored – that's the mm-hmm. only that's the only damn play that matters to him right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he could have. I, I bet he watches film and he sees it because if he turns, he's got the pylon. He's got the pylon. He's got the he's got the space to go get it. And I was like, why'd you cut back, my dude? <laughs> I'm saying if he if he went back and film and he really could have scored, oh, he's kicking himself in the butt. Like, oh, I could have had another touchdown. He's that's literally the only play he's thinking about all week. He ain't thinking about <laughs> the other plays where he scores guys. He's not thinking about – he's thinking about the one that he missed. And that's yeah. that's a sign of a great player. Yeah. And I, I, bet, I bet he saw it because when I saw it, it, I think he was just looking the wrong way. And he didn't realize how close he was to the end zone. Yeah, but still, I mean, I'm not going to ding the guy on that. sometimes you got to trust your speed (laughs) that was one thing that was one hard lesson i had to learn because i get caught on a lot of things just trying to cut back because i wasn't trusting my speed then it was just like you put metal to the floor a lot of guys can't run with you (laughs) oh yeah especially if you're already going the right way (laughs) exactly (laughs) because they're guessing because they think you about to cut back but but Bellman, I mean, he's just got such an uncanny ability to get open and just find space behind the defense. It's it's insane, and it's uh, to me, a lot of people have been asking who's the better receiver for Purdue, Rondale Moore or David Bell? Two different receivers. Yeah, they're two different receivers because uh, Moore is the he'll break a tackle. He's got that breakaway speed. He can score anytime he touches the ball. But Bell, I mean, Bell is just so polished. He runs his routes so well. He knows where the soft spot in the defense is. 
he's not flashy, but he's consistent. I was and about so saying, I think yeah, that's I what say, really sets him up. Yeah, let's say Randell, he, he he runs those routes as well. Because you're looking at it, looking he at does. him at the next level. Woo! <laughs> the boy's doing his thing. But as like you're saying, Randell was was more of a flashy type of guy. You give him you give him five, he'll take it six. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And Bell, mm-hmm. he's more of a a staple receiver where you could put him put him somewhere, put him inside, put him outside, and and work up the field all the way up the field. Now, whereas Randell, he get the ball and he'll break it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not he's yeah. not looking to. <laughs> you want to get it and go. So Rondell Rondell can take a two yard play and turn it into an eighty yard play. Bell is the guy that you go for the eighty yard play for on occasion. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've seen I've seen flashes of Bell doing his thing where he can't take it. If if he had that mm-hmm. opportunity, I just don't. I haven't seen him in that opportunity yet. And I think what you're also starting to see, and another reason that O'Connell was able to do so well, you know, Bell's going to get all the headlines and everything, but. Jackson Ainthrup, six catches, 80 yards, a touchdown. Garrett Miller at tight end, eight catches, 74 yards. King Doru, three catches, 60 yards, had a huge 46-yard screen. Milton Wright, four catches, 53 yards. Brock Thompson, first career touchdown for him. Just spreading it around, and, and these other guys are taking advantage of all the attention that Bell's getting, and I love it. That's what we needed. And O'Connell is seeing this too. It's beautiful. I wouldn't even say it's O'Connell. I'm gonna say it's more so play calling. And remember, what I told you early in the season, they got two different playbooks for those quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy that is open up the field—that's who they're rocking with right now. Aiden O'Connell gets in. He gets in a rhythm, man. He is dangerous. Um, he hasn't thrown a pick now in two straight games, Boom. and <laughs> he's. Boy's getting it done. I mean, <laughs> that's why he's the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week this week. <laughs> hey, can't blame him with numbers like that. 40, 40 for 54, 500. Well, and here's here's another big thing. Michigan State ties it with that, that touchdown they got off of the uh, fumble. Mm-hmm. The, the next five drives for Purdue result in points. Touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal. So four field goals, four short field goals, but they convert them. Also credit to Mitchell Finner and my man Mitch kicking four field goals. Just they had an answer every time in that second half, and that's what was so beautiful. It was crazy to see Michigan State stuck with the run for as long as they could. <laughs> like When you're as successful as they are at it, though, why not? <laughs> yeah, but as, at – what was it about the third quarter? It started getting a little bit like, ah, right, I gotta start throwing the ball. Like, like the end of the yeah. third quarter, I'm sitting there watching. It's like, all right, y'all still running, running plays. Y'all, y'all being, y'all getting some yards, but it's like the clock's still running. You need chunk plays, chunk plays. You're not getting chunk plays on top of chunk plays. You're getting nickel and nine, move the chains here and there, and then you're out. Like, produce mm-hmm. scoring. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And y'all are worried about first downs. Well, you look at this, too. You have Purdue uh, gets a field goal, go up 31-21. They force a punt, which was big. 
And then Purdue goes on a 14-play, 60-yard drive that takes more than seven minutes off the clock, and you only put a field goal up. But at that point, you erase seven minutes of the second half. And they they only got 13 left to get two scores on you. Right. That that uh that three points is meaningless to that seven minutes. <laughs> hmm That's damn near the whole and the whole quarter. That's what that's what I was saying. It's like just bleed them dry. Bleed them dry. And then you have they get the ball back and they get all the way down inside the 10 on fourth and four. You have Diedrich Mackey just rip away an interception. How beautiful was that interception? I mean, when they come, they come in bunches. <laughs> and it seemed like they was doing whatever they wanted this this week on defense. The funny thing is this, uh, and I got to get my wife in here because, uh, hey, Liz, come in here. I, I, I got to get confirmation here. So they call timeout before that fourth down play. Mm-hmm. And I turned to my wife, and what did I tell you on that fourth down play? That Mackey was going to get a pick. <laughs> I saw it. I saw the lineup. I saw that he was on their number one receiver. And I saw it. And it's like I knew. I saw Mackey. I was like, oh, he's going to break on this route. They're going to go for that corner. He's going to break on this route. And he catches it and ripped it away. And then what did he do? He called it. I called it. <laughs> so I got a witness. <laughs> Travis, let me find out you've been watching film. <laughs> I, I must have been watching film. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's crazy. You don't get that too often. You should have put some money on that bet. <laughs> I was just I was just feeling it, man. And then, man, after I called that, everybody's going nuts in the stands. And you're going to love this one, too. So, like I said, I was up in my parents' seats in Shively. And you got, you know, the, the more well-heeled alums sit up there and everything else, the really nice seats. There's a lady behind me. She's got to be in her mid-80s, if not older. And by the end of the game, even she's standing up, leaning against her seat, cheering, going on. And it's like, when you when you got people like that really into the game, you know it's a good night. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I can't. I want to get get to a game this year. I want to try to get to that. I what you play? Are you home or away? Uh, that is the last home game of the year. We only got one left, uh, and that's the IU game because we're at Ohio State this week. Then we play Northwestern at Wrigley Field. And home for IU. Oh wow! Oh man, we got O, o State this week. Yes, <laughs> but you got Northwestern and Indiana sitting there now, and you're looking at an eight and four record. They have not won eight games in a regular season since you were there, my friend. Two thousand six. No, I'm gonna go nine. We gonna we gonna beat Ohio State. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this. I'm gonna ride this wave. <laughs> I'm gonna ride this wave. Let's go, Purdue. If they beat Ohio State. What? We got to go top top 15, at least. <laughs> oh, if they beat Ohio State, suddenly you're looking at a legitimate shot of winning the division. You still need help. You still need Minnesota and Wisconsin to lose a game if that happens. Why? Because they had the tiebreaker over Purdue with the head-to-head wins. But they, if they, they, don't play, either they, they don't play Ohio State. No, they, they don't play Ohio State. They do play each other. So one of them's going to get a loss there. Yeah, but the other, the winner of that game would also have to lose because if they're tied with Purdue, they both beat Purdue. They got the they got the tiebreakers. And Purdue plays up to the competition. I'm going to ride his weight. We playing up to the competition. 
I don't know. I think Ohio State's going to be ready. They got a number of guys that were there three years ago. I don't uh, care. <laughs> you're, you're feeling it, man. I'm, I'm rocking with them. Like, I'm rocking with them. Well, Connell is <sighs> doing his thing. I feel like he's stepping into his big boy boots. The running game got a couple of guys back there that's you don't know whether we passing the ball to the running back or, or running the ball to the running back. And, and I love it. I love the dynamic. Bell is just a man. What? Past three games, he's unstoppable. He is now 304 yards away from the single season receiving record, and he's got four games left to get it. And who set that? John Stanford. Hey, I remember that season. I, that was my la- That was his last season. He is <laughs> he was good. It was, he was real good. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but hey, technically ba- won a ba- Super Bowl with the Colts. Damn near. And Bell got it. And Bell got four games. Hey, if I, I ain't. I'm not gonna say he's gonna get 200 a game, but he's gonna be at least one 150. Ooh, that'd be nice. No, nah, that's not. It's that's, gonna be that's challenging like, this week. No, nah, it ain't gonna be challenging. He he gonna do his. Th- he's one of those guys that he's gonna get his numbers. Just because yeah. he's the guy, like Purdue doesn't move without him. Yeah, and it's just amazing how he finds his way open, and teams are looking for him, and he finds a way to get open. Hey, <laughs> the, the the greats do it; they find a way, no matter what the odds. And in roughly five and a half, six months, he will hear his name called and probably get paid a decent amount of money to continue doing so. Hey, he keep doing this shit. People gonna be calling him Mr. Bell wherever he goes. <laughs> I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna tell you this: when you get to a certain point, like when I was playing in the NFL, my name was Mr. Sheets everywhere I went. <laughs> once once things started falling off, I became Corey. <laughs> well, are you still Mr. Sheets up in Saskatchewan though? No, it's it's, it's Corey. But it's more of a love thing. Oh, okay. Like, like okay. they they open up closed bars for just me. <laughs> it don't be nobody else. Nobody. It's just me. Everybody be wanting to go home, but nah. They they open the back, open the bar type of thing. It's it's all love in Saskatchewan. That's that's one of those places where if you don't feel welcome, go back there. They are gonna make you feel like a billion people love you, even though it's like a million people in that town. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I I can imagine, especially since you won a title here, you took him to the promised land. Hey, I, I like the Joker Ross. Say I'm uh I'm I'm David Pitts from that TV show The Game. I, I brought a championship to the city. <laughs> there you go. And you were the MVP of the title game. That got that there. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, it's about time to start wrapping this up. Any any final thoughts here on Michigan State before we turn to Ohio State later in the week? Hey, great game. O'Connell, I love it. Bell, keep doing your thing. Defense, y'all never fail. We need y'all to step up big this week. Y'all got a full course meal. <laughs> <laughs> It it is going to be challenging to be sure, and but they up to uh, it. I it, believe our defense is up to it. I I really it, have one one worry, and it's that it's that all oh, somewhere in the special teams. It's, uh, 
They got it this week, though. Four yes. for four on field goals. I'll take it. I love it. But I'm not even going to say but. I'm going to stop speaking that negative energy into the air. We're going to win on all, all three facets of the, of the, of the field. <laughs> uh, if Purdue can win in Columbus, it would be one of the biggest wins in program history. And just the sky's the limit at that point. Hey. But. They might rush the field at, at, at <laughs> in the horseshoe, <laughs> and the one thing they're gonna have to overcome is that stupid uh, that tombstone bell, dum dum, like Undertaker bell. I, oh my god! First of all, I heard it, it hurt my heart. <laughs> all righty, man. Well, we will go ahead and wrap this up. We will talk to you more later this week about the Ohio State game. But for myself and for Corey, we thank you for listening to the Behind the Rails podcast and Boiler Up. BTFU. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Please visit our sponsor, Bet Online, for the best in college sports odds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.